What would life look like if our good intentions were inspired enough, empowered enough, and challenged enough so that all those dreams became real, tangible good in the world? On Practice Good Podcast, you will find authentic stories, challenging conversations, and real responses that will inspire, empower, and challenge your social impact journey. But this isn't all. Good business and good programs and good social enterprise are only as good as the health of their leader. And on this podcast, we will pay special attention, not only to the good that we give to the world, but to the good that we live within ourselves, our soul care. Welcome to Practice Good, a podcast for change makers. I'm your host, Shiloh Kashima, practitioner of good, pastor, and mom of two spicy Nigerian littles. Get ready as we turn your good intentions into positive change. Hey, 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 welcome back to the Practice Good Podcast. This is Shiloh here, and today we have someone very, very special with us. I am very excited to introduce you guys to actually a very good friend of mine. This is Lorenza Vandiver. We we have been friends for, oh my goodness, how many years? Like five, maybe more? Yeah, sure. yeah maybe five or six. Yeah, and I'm like, I still struggle with remembering how we met. I think someone introduced us because they thought that we would like be great friends or something. Yeah, and... I think it was William. I think it was your husband. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Oh my gosh. So like a day before I met you. Yeah. So I, you know, we, we, we immediately met people were like, you guys need to know each other. You'll be great friends. And then of course we become friends. We've, I mean, over the years we've, we've had like seasons of working together, doing church together, doing life together. But overall the theme is that we're friends and today us friends get to do a podcast episode together. So I am really excited because I've known you in all these capacities. We worked in the nonprofit world together. We've done projects. We've done all kinds of things. And um, and you have this incredible organization that you run that I think my podcast audience needs to know and not only needs to know, but would love, 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 love to know about. And it makes me laugh because, you know, in all the things we've done, I feel like our mission, our vision is so similar. So talk to us, (laughs) talk to us today about the female founder table. Super excited to share. And and first of all, thank you for this opportunity. Really appreciate it. Um, Female founders table uh, has evolved in the the few months that we've, that I've birthed this. Um, uh, First, we started off as a uh, organization seeking to help leaders, um, increase their leadership capacity. We've shifted from there. I, I, and with the help of some amazing coaches um, over the past few months, I have really honed in on what I wanted to do. And through Female Founders Table, we will help women specifically working in the working professions. Um, so nonprofit, um, teachers, you know, educators, people who are um, in medical professions, uh, social work, we will help them practice radical, unapologetic self-care um, so they can prioritize their wellness, experience joy and, and freedom, um, get some you know, rest and restoration, uh, excuse me, rest and uh, restoration, and then just not be able to feel guilty about it. So we do that through um, our journey groups, uh, which are many mastermind-like experiences that um, brings women together to, uh, you know, iron sharpens iron. So it brings women to, to sharpen each other's iron. 
oh my gosh, I love this, especially because like we just spent the last three months in Nigeria and there were so many times where I like had all these great intentions about doing things or getting things done. And I remember just thinking, man, I just wish like I had like a group of people of ladies, you know, that I could meet with virtually just to like keep me on track, you know, like have you, have you seen like, how has the demand been for this kind of group? What are people telling you as they're experiencing this type of interaction, especially kind of in this pandemic age still? Yeah. I mean, women who, who find us are a lot of times, um, they feel like they're stuck in isolation. And we just launched our first groups a few months back. They last about 90 days, three months. Uh, and the demand is, is growing. It's, it's not, you know, I need to get in through your doors right now, uh, <laughs> but we hope, uh, we hope so eventually. Um, but it's been pretty powerful. Um, the, the women that have found us, um, they come to us and they're in this bubble. Um, they're, we call it the lone wolf syndrome, uh, wow. where they have been just doing everything all by themselves for a long time. And they wane a little bit on, on, on accountability. They, they need like-minded, like minded women in a community to pull them together, to brainstorm, to potentially create, um, and share their stories. So, uh, the demand, uh, we hope to see it increase, um, because we believe that there's power in women, women, uh, coming together, forming a tribe. So I have to ask because your website is super cute, but I see a dude on there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, we hope to not only empower the woman, but we also hope to empower the family unit. I love that. Um, and, and we are an extremely inclusive organization. So we're, we focus on women, but if uh, you know someone who identifies as male, um, or uh, we wouldn't turn them away at all. Of course, of course. I'm more plain. That's kind of fun. Um, actually, I know, I know you've been serving people for a while and um and just kind of narrowed it to women recently because I know that's kind of your niche. Is that the word niche or niche? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. um, but you've served men and women in the past and that I love, I love that. And for me personally, like I've seen your leadership for years and years, you know, and I can just go on and on for days about how I have seen your example of empowering people, not only below you as their manager, but people all over in organizations you've worked at. Um, Talk to me a little bit about what led you to starting this group and, or this organization. And like, I'm sure, you know, like, personal stories like go into this. I mean, I would never trust a marriage and family therapist if they had never had marriage problems, you know, like I'm sure there's some self-care journey that has really led you to being inspired to being a support for other women in this area. Uh, Tell us about the story that brought you to this. Yeah. I mean, I think it's been a culmination of a lot of mini stories that leads up to, to this um, uh, journey that I'm currently on. Um, I, you know, been in higher education for, you know, 15 years and then moved into nonprofit and I enjoyed it. I loved it. I loved being able to serve my students. Um, I love being able to serve the colleagues that I worked alongside. I love to be able to be the one that people call in the middle of the night if they needed something. And I was always there. 
Right. However, with that, with, you know, helping people, I believe sometimes us people who believe that we are superhuman, super women, right. We, we need rest as well. And we always can't wear that cape. And that's where I kind of fell off. I had overworked myself Mm -hmm. and to the point where I can't really speak about it right now, but because there's legal stuff that's going on, but I got hit by a car. Oh, wow. And I had been, you know, burning the candlestick at both ends um, for a long time. And it wasn't just a few years. It was been, it had been a long time. I hadn't really set down and really analyzed where I was and where I wanted to be. And I just kept going and going and going and going. And I hadn't relaxed. I haven't, and I haven't talked to myself. I hadn't um, really sought what I was trying to accomplish with this and with just being there to serve other people. Um, so in that, uh, just speaking with friends and family members, uh, colleagues of mine, I found that this issue of just um, compassion fatigue, really just serving other people so much that, and hearing sometimes, uh, and having so much empathy and hearing their stories, um, really you you have this sense of, I had this sense of, um, compassion fatigue and I just got tired and I'm like, okay, well, if I'm the person, if I'm one person experiencing this, this has, there has to be more people. And, uh, with some research, I I understood, and I saw that there was a big issue, uh, and, and this happens to people all over the world. So I wanted to explore it more and I wanted to not to do it by myself, but I wanted to take people along the journey with me. Uh, and that's what, birthed this uh, idea of us being able to come together to address, to burn out, to be able to address stress uh, and to be able to intentionally create better self-care practices for ourselves and our families and so that we can better serve our communities in the world. I love that. I love that. And I'm sure as you're working with people, you're hearing like all kinds of different unique and individualized self-care practices. What are some of the few that you've really um, just thought were different or you really loved hearing about in your time working with people in this area? Well, man, there's been um, so many. Uh, And now, uh, you know, you, you hear people talking about yoga and practicing mindfulness Um, You know, obviously journaling, but where I'm really interested in focusing um, at and where I've I've heard uh, people have really great success is by uh, self-advocating for themselves. And what do I mean by that? It's a form of self-care is, you know, really analyzing what's not working in your life, what's no longer serving you, what's causing you to feel the way that you do and, you know, writing that down, but also uh, creating a support system that's there to support you along that journey. So what I have found um, is that the people who are most successful from bouncing from out from burnout or compassion fatigue are, are people who uh, enlist help. So enlisting your supervisors and your leadership um, at your organization to kind of talk about this. If you work in an industry or an office or an organization that um, is hearing some really tough stories uh, that's ex- helping people navigate life's challenges. It might be a really good conversation to co- talk to your boss, talk to your leadership, and 
develop together a self-care plan, not just for yourself, but talking to your boss about how to implement that for the staff, how to implement that for the team, and just having those, creating those conversations. Because when you start to talk about it in the office and in the workplace, people feel um, like they care about me, you know? So that's a a big one. And that I don't believe we talk enough about um, in nonprofit in the corporate world about how do you take care of yourself? And it's not just from the worker's point of view up, but it's really the management and the leadership that's creating that culture of self-care, soul care. Um, So that has been uh, just transformational for me. Wow. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm hearing you on this. And for me, self-care has been huge or even soul care as we call in, you know, pastoral leadership is just this ability to take all this self-care, but also like really hone in on what's that doing to my spirit? How am I physically, mentally, socially, emotionally, all of those things. And what am I doing to practice times of solitude and meditation? And I love that you brought in yoga and all those things. And I know for me, it's always been such a priority when working with my teams is that I want to make sure that my team is empowered to feel like they are making the healthiest choices for their life, which means that our mission in the end is only going to get better. If I'm burning people at both ends, I've destroyed my mission. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it's not going to, not only has it destroyed the ability to get to the mission, but whatever my mission is to help the world and I'm burning people out, essentially voids my mission of its power, if that makes sense, right? Like we want to help the world so much, whatever we're doing, whether we're social workers or youth pastors or, um, you know, whatever line of work we're in teachers and we pour ourselves out and into them so that there can be this better world or this better place, or so they can be the best version of themselves, because somehow we believe that that's the right thing to do. Right. And then in the process, we kill ourselves or those that work under us, <laughs> right? We deplete ourselves. We get exhausted. Our bodies not only mentally burn out, but physically give way. And if our mission is that this is good for the world, that people be the best version of themselves and know how to fully be free and live in abundance, right? But yet we're using people to get to that end. It's, you know, we've just killed every part of it. Like, it's not, do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's just not the means is the end in the nonprofit and helping professions. Like the journey is the goal. It's not just the goal. And I remember years ago, actually, I was walking somewhere in my workplace and my boss called me over and he was like, Shiloh, he's like, when you're like, so focused on the next place you need to be and the next task, He's like, your head is down and you're just like tunnel visions. He goes, and you're missing all of the people around you. And he's like, they are your next task and your next mission, not the place you're trying to get to. And that just like changed me completely. Talk to me about like, if, if there are people listening and they are a leader, they're a manager, you know, they're a CEO, a president, executive director, whatever their role is, but they oversee people. What are some ways you could build teams with the focus and the intentionality 
on self-care and health and wellness? I love the question. Um, there's a lot. One of the things I think is, is creating an environment for it. Um, I heard someone say, if we, what if we acknowledged our wounds instead of pretending that they don't hurt us or affect us? And wow. what that's really uh, spoke to me. What if we talked about that at, you know, staff meetings? What if we made our, our uh, leaders, you know, we're responsible for the people that we lead, right? To some degree. What if we made time to talk about how our work as a team, as an organization is affecting us both internally and externally? So it's just creating that environment to have those honest and open um, discussions about that. Um, another thing that really uh, stands out to me is creating um, environments where there's some flexibility as well. So where people can get to manage their time uh, and schedule things and schedule activities and schedule uh, uh, practices in which they need to do to replenish themselves. So I think that is a, another a big one. And then allowing your team to take a break or create their own self-care slash soul care plan and following up with them. How are they doing? And how are they doing with that? Um, so many times we know that it's necessary, but we don't make the time to necessarily check in or do it because we're worrying about the next meeting or the next um, uh presentation or, um, you know, these donors or these stakeholders. Uh, so really checking in, um, like you've done, you, you have created cultures where there's <laughs> these, um, healthy, uh, conversations about self-care and you empower your staff to do that. Um, in the maybe 15 years that I have worked, I've only had those conversations with maybe two of the people that I've reported to. Wow. And you being one of them. So I think it's just wow. having those conversations and knowing that your manager, your supervisor, your leader um, cares about you in that way is it goes, it, it means the world uh, to a lot of us. And although we don't need permission and it's not our manager's responsibility to always remind us of that, I think it helps it just to, to create an environment to have those conversations. So if you're a leader, you're a manager, start asking, checking in. And especially if you work in a high stress, um, you know, high, you know, risk vulnerable with vulnerable populations of people, I think it's important to check in. Yeah. And, you know, I think as managers or, you know, people who oversee others, I think there's a fear there that if I slow down or if I allow that space or flexibility, that the train will just run off the tracks, right? That there's this fear that taking any time away from the mission, you're just going to lose steam. And I really, I really kind of would, I'm, I think my theory behind that is quite different than that or the opposite. Mm -hmm. Like I feel that fear, but what I have seen is that when you take time away and when your staff realizes and really internalizes that you care about their well-being more than you care about their output their output actually becomes far greater and far more personalized. They have more ownership and they live the mission rather than just showing up 
to deliver your mission. 100%. Say it again for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do. Um, I, and, and my question would be to someone who might, you know, have that fear would be, what if you don't though? What if you don't? Or I mean, what if you don't? What would what, what would your team miss out on? Or yeah. would you need would you are you creating environments where people tend to not stay but leave your organization? Wow. And you need to look at the data. Right. What does the data say? What are your exit interviews, you know, say? What are your what the team members say on your on your staff? So what if you don't, what type of environment if you are you creating if you don't have those type, those tough, those conversations? Um, so I think there's some a lot of internal questions yeah. that you have to ask yourself when you're about to, you know, open those doors. But I think it's really healthy. Yeah. I absolutely. mean, you're in a relationship with the the people that you work with. You see them more than you do your family in a lot of cases. So right. I would never be, I would for me personally, would. I'm not married, but if I'm in a relationship and not having those conversations, um, I, I couldn't, and we, and someone didn't feel comfortable having those conversations or fearful. I don't know if they, I'm not sure if they would appreciate me as, as, as much if I, if I neglected to have those, those tough conversations with them. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. So what would your advice be for like someone who's listening that goes, man, like this is exactly what I need. Like, I know I've been putting this off, like this whole self-care thing and, but I just keep going. And I have a boss who doesn't get it. I have a boss who keeps pushing, who 40 hours isn't enough. 50 hours isn't enough. They're texting at night They're, You know, there's no boundaries. Like what does a person like that do? Well, there's a couple of things. And one of the things that I would recommend is getting a team, a support system. I can't stress how important that is. Um, uh, being able to work with others, um, first of all, and help them is an, an incredible privilege that we get to do as helpers in the industry. And we don't want to take that for granted. And But we also don't want to take ourselves for granted. We, is, we owe it to ourselves to, to you know, advocate for ourselves. So I would say, get some peer support. Get some peer support. We offer peer support in Female Founders Table. Um, we know for sure that peer support is the most, one of the most powerful forms of human learning. Um, one of the most powerful. So we get together and we talk about your challenges together every single week, every single time that we meet, you are on the hot seat to talk about a, a, a challenge that you're experiencing and get a, a group of people, not just women, um, but a people that kind of understand what it's like to work in a, in the helping professions or like in your industry or in your office or for your organization to kind of talk about some of the scenarios that you might be able to, to bring up. I would, I would challenge that person to, to step outside themselves, bring their situation, no matter how nuanced that is, to maybe a, a smaller group of people to kind of get some insight and some best practices on how to approach those situations because they are very nuanced. So I wouldn't want someone to, um, you know, only advocate for them for themselves, just completely by themselves. It's really great when you have a team of people who've been there before, uh, and can really stand um, and and hold you accountable to having those tough conversations. 
Mm, I love that. And I'm just thinking about myself, you know, like 10 years ago before I ever invested in myself in any type of peer support or coaching programs and all the things that ran through my mind, which was like, oh, I can find my own group of friends or like, oh, I'll call my, my best friend and she'll do it for me. Or like, talk, talk to the person who's kind of making all of the reasons right now why, no, I don't want to, I don't want to spend that money or I can just do this myself because I immediately think of that. That's what I went through. And it wasn't until I began to go, you know what? I have to go out of my way to surround myself with like-minded people because the older you get, you're, it's not like you're in college anymore, you know, or university where you're just like surrounded by people that want to learn and grow. Like, no, like you, you have to go out and search for those. And then when you find them, you really have to be intentional about your purpose and holding one another accountable because it's easy to just hang out and be like, Hey, I'm going to have this glass of wine with this great person. And Oh yeah, we were supposed to talk about something, right. You know? So like, what, what do we say to a person who might be struggling between that world of like, I haven't really invested in myself yet in this kind of way. It sounds good, but I think I'll just go out and try it on my own. You know, what kind of wisdom do you have? Sure. And I would encourage that person to do that. I would hundred percent encourage that person to do that. I mean, I think something is better than nothing and uh, tapping into other people uh, just for some advice and some wisdom, I think could, you know, for the most times it couldn't hurt Uh, here uh, at my organizations and organizations similar to mine. um, We specialize in curating like-minded women um, and people who would challenge you to, um, we specialize in curating those types of groups and that type of energy. So we don't just put everyone together and lump them in. Um, we actually pull people from uh, similar industries and, and opposite industries to really come together and uh, to be able to help you and to be able to support you. So if you're struggling with that, I would say stay uh, with what you know. But if you, So many of us don't have that support system. So many of us don't have people in our corner necessarily that can give us the insight um, because they might not have been there, right? They might not know that type of world or environment and they can still speak into that, but there's power in people knowing kind of where you're coming from and and, and knowing that industry, knowing um, that profession, so um, organizations similar to mine, we specialize in that. So if you want a, you know, a unique, powerful, intentional experience where everyone has very similar goals, then I would challenge you to consider um, joining an organization, an experience such as mine or others out there that can um, really um challenge your assumptions and really empower you to, to really hold you accountable um, to that. And there's really beautiful um, thing that happens is where people come from different walks of life in different cultures, and you get to see and explore how other people from uh, another country might deal with a similar circuit, a, a similar situation. And I think there's beauty in that too. And I am always about not necessarily always having eco chambers of just people just, just like myself, right. I want to come, come out that and experience um, alternative solutions uh, as well. So I challenge you to start where you can. And then as you grow, 
um, intentionally create opportunities where you can connect with people who um, are somewhat different than you. I love that. And in these groups, are they small groups? Are they big groups? And then are they like guided or do people just kind of, is it like a support group? You just kind of share your experience. Like what would, what would a experience with a journey group be like for someone? Oh, well, great. I'm glad you asked. Well, it's think about this is a very small group. We cap it at six powerful women working together on six individual self-care, soul care journeys, journeys, making six times the impact, which leads to six times the transformation. So we meet every other week uh, together for about two hours and it is mixed with integrated gu- guidance. So our facilitators are trained um, and they are hosts. They help move the group forward to accomplish their goals. They're not there to give advice, but they're there to draw out the opinions, ideas, and the experiences of the other members of the group. So um, it's a lot of accountability, a lot of support, um, and we it's all digital. So you can take us any anywhere, um, but we cap it at six women. Um, we have very structured meetings. You don't have to wait until you know, once a month where you can kind of share your uh, struggle with the group every week, we, you bring your challenges to group every single week. And we uh, explore the ideas and give feedback. We ask questions. We do some really cool um, activities to really tap into the brilliance of the group to be able to help you overcome um, uh, your um, challenge for that week. And we hold you accountable to that. Hey, if and we understand that there's things that happen um, that right. prevents us from making uh, steps forward, but we're not going to live in that. We're not going to stay in that. And we challenge each other. Hey, last week you said that you wanted to do this. What happened? Right. You know, so um, they're very unique. Um, they're many masterminds, if you will, but a lot of um, a lot of connection, a lot of support, and with integrated guidance and accountability all mixed into that. I love that. I was in like a leadership coaching group and a friend of mine, we, we were coached to kind of have, um, like a vision basically that, or a goal better, better said a goal for like a three month period of something that's like, like beyond, you know, what we know we would have done if we hadn't gone through this leadership training. Mm. And one of my friends, um, we all shared our goals and her goal was to go on, I think it was like 30 or 50. I can't even remember one-on-one dates with her son. And in all vulnerability, my immediate thought, my natural reaction was that's not a goal. (laughs) Like in my brain, cause I was, I'm like, so achiever minded. And I, that I like, and I know, you know, me in this context of like, I prioritize self-care with my teams, but I do that because I know it's difficult for me. So if I can hold other people accountable, that gives them permission to do something that's difficult even for myself. But my natural reaction was like, that's not a goal. That's like fun. You could go do that tomorrow. Like you could get that done. And I had to catch myself because Mm. I think often as um, leaders in the helping profession or really anywhere in life, like we are taught to strive and then continue striving. And once you get a goal, you get another goal and then you create another goal. And we essentially teach ourselves to always be discontent and, and to set these 
I mean, rather than goals, they become um, kind of statements that say, I will only be happy when. And then we get that goal and we don't know what to do with that place. And then we keep pushing, keep striving. And there's nothing wrong with goals. There's nothing wrong with learning. But in the process, we train our minds to be on this like race that doesn't know how to slow down. And then when you hear people creating self-care goals, your immediate reaction is very cynical like mine, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm sure like your group and what you're doing is working with people probably just like myself who really (laughs) like, we know in our head the right thing to do, but how many of us actually live it out consistently on a regular basis? Like we are good starters. We're good at like, okay, I'm going to do a little goal here, a little girl there, but if it's not helping people, it's like, I can do my self-care for a little bit. And then I get you know, back to pushing, 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 you know, and having what I love about having a group like this is it, it sounds like it's just this built in kind of um, connection that says we all understand we have similar experience, shared experience, yet different, right? Unique, but similar. Um, And every single time we meet, we have this opportunity to walk through the maintenance of self-care, which is totally different than the start game, start, stop game. We play oftentimes, right? We Absolutely. Go, like, I don't know. I've heard so many times, like I'm doing self-care, so I'm going to go get a pedicure. I'm like, that's great. But that ends 30 minutes after the pedicure is done. Like, what are we doing that changes pace, that changes um, our environment to bring us peace to bring us awareness of ourselves and our ways of being the ways that we're showing up in the world, you know? Um, and uh, granted the pedicures, I'm all about it all day long, (laughs) (laughs) but there, you know, I'm, I'm thinking like the, the harder things are not the momentary, let me run out and do some self-care. Like we can all get to that point where we're like, so like, I just have to go. Right. Right. But having a group where you just get the awesome opportunity of like going through life's just daily difficulties of being in the helping profession and being a leader and being a woman in leadership. And I I just think is a really, really sweet gift in this day and age. It is. And it's really powerful for the ladies at first. They're like, I don't know what I'm going to get from this. And then by that first meeting, like, wow, I mean, I, I feel so empowered. I'm ready to go. I'm like, I I can blow out my goals this week. Um, uh, and it's, it's a really a privilege to be able to see it and be able to witness it firsthand. Some of the transformation that our women get to go through and get to experience. Um, and we, we hope to continue we will, <laughs> we will continue that. Um, uh, we allowing women to come together to learn to be able to honor their boundaries, to be able to surrender control, to be able to connect with you know uh, people. And yeah, a lot of people think about self care as you know the external, just the doing. We even want to go deeper than that. We want to go into the to the. I think self care is the the initial step, but we try to get our, our ladies into practicing soul care, which to me is just the 
feeling, the feeling It's not the doing, but it's the feeling that we get from the doing, mm. if you will. So it's the internal, what's really going to be able to help us when, um, when times get tough again, um, we feel like we can't continue. Um, so, uh, and one way we do that is just in community, in group. And it, just like it takes a village to raise a child, uh, it takes a village to be able to stay. I mean, think about all the, to be, to be able to grow and to be able to experience what you want to think about everyone who took, who, who made Shiloh who she is. Right. That's a lot of people. Right. <laughs> That's a lot of people. And, um, so many of us, myself included was doing it by ourselves and, yeah. um, yeah. it's tiring. And, you know, I essentially, I tap into the, the power and the God, um, but, uh, I also want to challenge women to go deeper and explore themselves in community as well. I love that. So if somebody is listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, I need to do this right now. What do they do? Do you have groups open or do they run on cycles? Like when are the deadlines? Give us yeah. all the details. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, we are open. We have groups um, uh, right currently right now. They uh, begin on in the first week of January um, and then it lasts for about three months. We are taking applications all the way through December 21st. So you can go online to femalefounderstable.com and you can um, look at our open journey groups um, right now. I, uh, there are ones on self-care, self-love, uh, really tapping into uh, the way that you love yourself and honor yourself and your self-worth. Uh, the other journey group is all about uh, self-leadership. So exploring your self-care as a leader. And the other, my favorite is our healthy habits journey group. It's all for women who really desire to just become a healthier version of themselves. And that can manifest itself in a lot of different ways. So you can find us on um, our website, but you can also find us on um, our Facebook page at Female Founders Table on Facebook as well. And they are open uh, about four times a year, every quarter. And we are very, our seats are very limited. Our spots are very, we only, uh, allowed ourselves to take very small groups of women, um, at a time, just so we can create a transformational experience for them. Um, we get some, give out some really good goodies, um, really good packages for our ladies. So we want to make sure this is a, an amazing experience for them. So we keep it really tight. Um, and, uh, we have a lot of fun as well. That is awesome. So just for a friend, um, <laughs> it, it, do you send your goodies to Nigeria? <laughs> <laughs> we can look into that. I had a group send me some goodies all the way from the UK. So I'm like, I would love to, <laughs> oh gosh, it would probably get to me. Like, I mean, to my friend, not to me, but <laughs> probably, it would probably get to her like three months after it's sent, but yeah. no, that is so cool. Lorenza. It is so, so fun to hear about what you're doing. I think what you're doing is so powerful. I mean, there's very few places and spaces in this world right now that are giving us permission to breathe and to slow down. And you are giving life to people. So I just want to say thank you from the world of women who are out there in the helping profession, trying to lead a better world into this space that we call living. And um, I'm just so honored to know you and call you friends. And I'm excited for the work that you're doing. 
Thank you so much. This is an honor. I appreciate it. You are catching me right at the beginning of uh, this journey. I'm super excited about um, all of the things that we are going to be able to do. And I'm super excited for women like you who are just uh, capturing the stories and the efforts, the daily efforts of people out there that really just want to help people. So I'm a hats off to you and um, everyone who uh, is, 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 you know, practicing good. We love it. I love that. And you know what? Let's uh let's just get give people a quick um well I don't know if it's a sneak peek but let's let people know you have a podcast that you're starting. Um, so how can people uh kind of jump on and subscribe to that? Uh yes. so those come out. I mean I'm, I'm sure people would love to hear more from you. Absolutely. Well, I have a podcast called The Happy Helper podcast where we really explores explore the highs and lows, the the tears and the triumphs of women around the world who make a living helping people. We want to share it, all the goodness about our helpers out there, um, from caregivers to nonprofit leaders to educators, we uh, missionaries across the world. We want to hear their stories, and we do. So we reach out to women and we connect them. Um, with uh, inspiring stories of just uh, our 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 help people who are just servant leaders, um, if you will. So you can find us on um, uh, iTunes or or Spotify at the Helpy the Happy Helper Podcast. We just started. Uh, we have a little bit of a trailer out right now, and but you can find out more about us when we launch on uh, December fifteenth. We're, we're really excited about it. I love that. So everybody head over to femalefounderstable.com. Also hit up their Facebook page and get connected, get connected. (laughs) Lorenza, thank you for joining us today. It was such a pleasure and we just love and adore you. Awesome. (laughs) I love you and adore you as well. And I appreciate you so much. email address and we're just going to send you right to our nonprofit uh, email address so we'll keep them all together it's hello at theleaderteam.org i love you guys and i will see you soon